Um, and is this picture of Jesus that you sent me, this is the Russian girl or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one that's supposed to be the real Jesus. Great windblown hair. Wow. And the eyes yeah. are very striking. They're nice. They're nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good for an eight-year-old, I'd say. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Who looks a little white bread to me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode 110. Uh, it's like we've been giving this podcast 110% effort. Speaking of things that are physically impossible, this week we're talking about <laughs> Heaven is for Real, Dog, by Todd Burpo and his highly imaginative four-year-old. If you want to get this audiobook and take a little trip to heaven, you can by going to audiblepodcast.com slash readandweave, and you can get the audiobook for free. It's a miracle. And also you support our show, and you keep the free book in support of our show, even if you cancel your trial membership. It's amazing. Also, if you want to suggest a topic at any time, you can go to read-weave.com slash suggest, and there's a nice little democratic voting and commenting system. Or if you don't like democracy, as usual, money trumps democracy, so you can go to read-weave.com slash sponsor, and you could just buy an episode, and we'll do we'll cover whatever topic you want in one episode, and we'll have the guest you choose, and we'll play games you want if you have ideas for that all for a very small fee so read deathweep.com slash sponsor some restrictions apply when I come through the hood I don't stop to rap the niggas you posting up to smack you didn't clap your nigga pops out of front so I wave the chrome of his ass point blank range I spaz through a bone of his ass two weeks later niggas came through a match to lay me down I'm your host Alex Falcone you can connect with me on uh, Google Plus if you'd like and if you haven't tried Google Plus yet you really should it's the best place on the internet to discuss what you think about Google Plus <laughs> um, and I have some very special guests. So joining me today, first of all, he's a small town pastor, garage door salesman, and super gullible father in Northern California. It's Ezra Fox. Apparently, I'm going to fight Satan with a sword or a bow and arrow. <laughs> Those are your two choices, because the Bible was written before guns. Always choose Ranger, bow and arrow. <laughs> Also joining us today, he's, he got so jealous of your appendicitis that he did some uh, sympathy vomiting. Imagine what he's going to do now that there's a book about you in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. I'm going to almost die, too, so I can get a book, too, because I, I, you're my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very special guest in studio today. It's a good thing he didn't dream about mermaids while he was in surgery, or we'd be reading Atlantis is for real. Bill Evans. Why are you all looking at me with such skepticism? <laughs> I was on Jesus' lap. <laughs> Why do, why do they hate apostrophes also in this book? It's just Jesus' lap, not Jesus's, right? Yeah, isn't that the isn't that the official, uh, the yeah. official method now? Is we still do apostrophe s on an s name? Right, like like it's Chris. We don't say Chris lap. Yeah, grammatically, but I think you know, in terms of just common parlance, uh, either is acceptable in spoken language. Well, I think <laughs> I think in the last ten years they've had to do it, and so people know if they're saying Jay Z or Jesus. <laughs> Jay Z Dude, how much better would this book have been if it was like Jay Z is for real, yo? Yep. He is keeping it real, isn't he? He's got great eyes. <laughs> I love Jay Z's eyes. But, but you wouldn't know because he always wears his Ray Bans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture of Jay Z? He's not wearing He's not wearing Ray Bans. <laughs> also he's white. <laughs> that is the problem. Keep on whitewashing Jay Z. <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, I guess if you want to understand what we just talked about for five minutes, you need to have a summary of this book. So, Chris, as always, you're a resident summarizer. 
because of your dulcet tones and your freakish recall. Today, I would like you, what else, to summarize in the style of a child remembering a vivid dream? Oh, God. This book. Okay. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, I just had the most amazing dream. So we were this normal, stereotypical family from Nebraska. That's a state in the middle of the country, right? Yeah, okay, cool. And you were there, and you were there, and I was there, and my sister. But she wasn't really my sister. Wait, no, she was my sister. Okay. My name was Colton, and you were Todd and Sonia, and um, I got really sick. And then you took me to one hospital, but they weren't good doctors. So you took me to another hospital, and they were only okay doctors. But anyway, I had surgery because my insides leaked into my other insides. And and then, um, well, I went to heaven outside of my body when I was in surgery. And I spent time in Jesus' lap, and I saw Jesus' eyes and Jesus' crown and Jesus' unicorn and Jesus' <laughs> rainbows. And everything was just like it was in scripture when I quoted you, except here's the kicker. In my dream, I was only three years old because I'm three years old now. And there's no way that a three-year-old could know all of those things. You'd think that somebody like the co-author of Going Rogue was feeding lines to me. (laughs) So um, pretty much, guys, game over, right? Heaven's for real? Yeah. (laughs) It's unanimous. All right, so uh, we're getting a little mean to the book, so we like to start and end every show with a compliment sandwich. That's how we prove that we are fair and legitimate criticism, as certified by the Costa Rican Board of Legitimate Criticism. Mm. And uh, so to do that, we like to have the guest, you have the right, Bill, uh, to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which would you prefer? I'll go first. Good. Lay it on us. I thought listening to a four-hour audiobook of Heaven is for Real mm-hmm. uh, was a lot like watching pornography. <laughs> wait. Wait. <laughs> I think I listened to a very different book. No, no, no. <laughs> Stay with me. When I hit play, I felt shame. Mm-hmm. I heard the word just Jesus Christ a lot. <laughs> I found a lot of it to be fairly unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And after about seven minutes, I had to hit stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you still haven't found the end of this book. No, I watched it in seven-minute increments. <laughs> or, I, I would add that you know, also I would have liked it more if I had been experienced it myself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you felt really sleepy after. And I was alone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and my pants were down. And just like when I'm watching pornography, I was watching pornography while I was listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so, uh, Chris, you're going to be second. So my compliment is a structural comment, a compliment for this story. I really like how the story told by Colton was made incredibly digestible by spacing out three-sentence interactions over the course of weeks at a time. So we had a lot of thinking to do about each thing that he said. Mm -hmm. Um, It made things easy to understand, and it made it so that I didn't care that I didn't have a lot of continuity. (laughs) Did you also enjoy, then, as part of the structure, that the first more than a quarter of it was a medical drama and had nothing to do with heaven. Yeah, and also about men getting breast cancer. Getting fake breast cancer. Yeah, well, for for pretensies. It wasn't for real. <laughs> breast cancer is for, it's not for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ezra, third, go. I'm going to thank Todd Burpo for um, finally adding on to uh, Carl Sagan's famous quote, which was, uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence unless it's told by a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's in, about time that quote got filled out to be the full length. In that case, it just requires really ordinary evidence. Yeah. Like, oh, that picture doesn't look like Jesus. He must know! Um, yeah. On the topic of that picture looking like yeah. Jesus, so when they refer to the Lithuanian girl mm-hmm. that's drawn mm-hmm. all these portraits, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, just to backtrack, just to give a little bit more context here. Colton comes back from his trip to heaven saying he's seen Jesus and that all the pictures they show him of Jesus they have around there in Nebraska don't look quite like Jesus, but he's too young to articulate why. Then he sees a picture painted by this girl who claims she also went to heaven, and it's a little different. He has a little bit more beard. And, you know, it some Bon Jovi windblown hair. the same. Yeah. yeah. And he gets stopped in his cra- tr- tracks and he goes, that's Jesus. Okay, well, anyway. I so. went and looked the picture up online oh, oh, and, and Alex okay. has it up in front of me. And I was surprised to learn that Jesus looks like Kenny Loggins. <laughs> or that Kenny Loggins looks like Jesus. Well, <laughs> to each his own. I mean, Kenny Loggins was made in God's image, so. <laughs> he does look, I had to look up Kenny Loggins. He totally looks like Kenny Loggins. Young Kenny Loggins, I wouldn't, I wouldn't old, lo- yeah. old Kenny Loggins gets weird. I mean, I just love this story because it's like because the I was I hadn't looked up the picture and I was like, surely when I see the picture, it'll look different from every other picture of Jesus I've ever seen. Nope, it's just shorter hair instead of like the classic long hair. He's got sort of more of a windblown modern look. Bit of no, he also I just looked this up too. Holy shit, he looks like Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Look at Kane Loggins also now. We, we will post these pictures on Facebook and uh, in our website uh, in the show notes because this is great. But the other thing you got to remember is that oh he's... my God, it's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so much like Kenny Loggins, which might be how he sold as many albums as he did. Yeah, if he was Jesus, power was being beamed down to him right from God. Okay, for the record, it also looks a lot like the wrestler Mick Foley. <laughs> All right, looking it up, Mick Foley. Uh, he looks like a skinny McFoley. <laughs> so McFoley's fat Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a hard time. It's like people's not believing in Jesus, so he just turned ice cream and meth. Or if Jesus just moved to Portland. <laughs> yeah, stopped caring about his appearance. Ben and Jerry's definitely should have like a, a fat Jesus flavor, which is like just ice cream with meth in it. <laughs> I think that would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> It would sell like meth, really. <laughs> it would sell pretty much like meth, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's my, my compliment time. Uh, my compliment, I think this whole book was probably just a, a long advertisement for uh, Todd Burpo's industrial garage door business. Because <laughs> he, he keeps mention, he keeps working that into conversation. Like, So this is what uh, my child told me about heaven while we were at the fair showing off our wonderful industrial garage door system. <laughs> It was kind of like a threat, actually. Like, you know what? I might have to, you know, send another one of my kids to the hospital and uh, make another book if you don't buy some doors. <laughs> knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Hey, 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 yeah. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's Alright, uh, compliments out of the way. Uh, now it's time for our more open game, our more regular game, our more reasonable and fair game. Our hate game today is we're actually going to be going hate water rafting. Mm. Oh. Big thanks to Bill Cernansky who emailed me a list of over 50 hate game titles, some of which are good. And uh, also I got a separate email from uh, Matthew Call, a fan of the show, who emailed me a list of some 20 hate games. So we are in hate game names. For we're good for a while. Nice. We're covered for at least a few episodes. But that shouldn't discourage people from from sending in. No, yeah, keep them coming. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna go hate water rafting. So just uh, jump in your raft, 
and paddle like your hate depended on it. I got a hate. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> we find out something about heaven is that it never gets dark. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of crappy heaven this is, but it's terrible for napping. I would be so hard to sleep there. <laughs> you're no, no, you're n- you never have to nap in heaven, dude. You know, the whole thing, you can sleep when you're dead. No, you can't. It's very <laughs> difficult. Also, if it's light all the time, if it never gets dark, doesn't that mean like Robin Williams kills people? Yeah, I think that was the moral of that movie. <laughs> and Al Pacino goes crazy because of the light? I don't yeah. want to be in a heaven where Al Pacino can't be reasonable Al Pacino. <laughs> Wait, um, what heaven is that? <laughs> I don't know what that looks like, but that's fine. I don't fine. know what that looks like at all. Yeah. No, like, like, uh, um, I don't know. Tell me any movie, any movie at all that he was reasonable in. Okay, maybe not reasonable. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he was super reasonable in Scarface. That okay, was... well, Scarface I wouldn't have used. But there's uh, one scene in Geely, very reasonable. <laughs> all right, all right, what about, like, Scent of a Woman, where he's reasonably dedicated to getting laid? Hua! Hua! Yeah. Hua! Yeah, see or that's... the devil's advocate, where he's reasonably the devil. He, he, I, I want to. When I'm in heaven, I want Al Pacino as the devil to be there, fighting with swords against this four-year-old kid. <laughs> no, the four-year-old kid just gets a watch. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I've got to hate um, just because we're going in a smattering um, against small-town healthcare. Yeah. Um, living in a small town may have many advantages, including the ability to, you know, masturbate with the blinds open because your nearest neighbor is two miles away. But I, finally, I know, right? Um, but man, if something goes wrong, your medical options are not great. They live in a town called Imperial, Nebraska, which is like a one gas station, one grocery store kind of town. The nearest hospital does not have adequate medical facilities for an emergency, Apparently. nor are they good at diagnosing appendicitis, which even after both parents realize their families have a, histories of appendicitis, they both have their appendix out. This seems a lot like that. And the doctor goes, no, no, I, I, I did a single t- test. It's it's the flu. Uh, I don't actually know if a medical history of appendicitis matters, but I do know that a day later, if he's fucking dying, not stomach flu. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what I don't care what your white blood cell count said. It's something else. And and I think officially now, um, if some if someone asks me what are your symptoms, and I say shadow of death, <laughs> I, I know they'll get me in a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go to a big city? I gotta hate. Uh, this is I guess under the uh, ignoring a cry for help category. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what Colton says to his dad when he gets back from heaven, he says, "I sat on Jesus' lap. Jesus really loves the children. Remember, Dad." Jesus really loves the children. <laughs> Jesus really loves the children. He says it over and over again. He does emphasize this. He does. Hey, I, I don't want to... I am a little uncomfortable assuming something untoward from a spiritual entity. You know? Like... Right. Like, if he existed, then he was probably a child molester. But since in this case, he's imaginary. <laughs> Save this for Santa Claus. It should all <laughs> yes. be directed towards Santa. Right, yeah. A real person. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing i was feeling like the fact that uh colton's dad is a pastor kind of made a little suspect sort of like you know if a kid wakes up having a dream about how great this you know ford focus is and their dad (laughs) had the lead designer of the ford focus team (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> or the owner of Burpo Ford. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So he he woke up from a dream that was like, man, these Burpo industrial garages sure are reliable. <laughs> I didn't tell him about the specs of the engine. How could he have known? Well, <laughs> oh, because he hears you on the phone, buddy. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Like he kept saying, like, well, he was only four. I know they don't talk about this in his class. Well, first of all, you're not there, and second of all, you're talking about this in his home all the time. Right. You're like, you're leaving him on the floor at church with Legos, and he's you know he's listening to overhearing conversations. You read him Bible right. stories for to bed every night. Which, by the way, how awful. <laughs> right? You can't just read him like Finding Nemo once yeah. or twice? Yeah, the novelization of Finding Nemo. Yeah, the novelization Nemo. of Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Nemo was lost, and Nemo was found. And then God destroyed everyone in the city because they were sinners and they'd been having gay sex. Dad, can I go to bed now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you think that kid's going to dream about heaven? Goddamn right he is. Alright, I gotta hate. Super hate. I hate when people come up with really bad games. Go on. Yeah. So the the backstory is that they had a they had a miscarriage, and when uh, when uh, little idiot goes to heaven, he, <laughs> miscarriage is just a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> so he like he goes to heaven and he meets the unnamed, unnamed, much, and presumably a later version, not the original version of the the miscarriage. Anyway, then they're, and they're so happy that they know that their unborn child is waiting for them in heaven. And he says this, so he said, after this happened, my wife and I played this game all the time uh, called I'm Gonna Beat You to Heaven So I Can Name Our Unborn Child. <sighs> That's the worst game. It is kind of funny if they, like, became, you know, had riskier and riskier behavior <laughs> because of it. Yeah. Like, they started speeding, not wearing a seatbelt, taking hard drugs. Jeez, open your eyes while you're driving. No, I'm gonna beat you to heaven so I can name our unborn child first. <laughs> That's that's how I spent my recesses in, in Salt Lake City. Also... Wait, driving a car with your eyes? No, playing that <laughs> oh, game. Playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a hate. Oh yeah. What the fuck are they doing with swords in heaven? You're, well, you gotta kill Satan. You're fighting later. Satan with swords? Listen, have you played Diablo? Because I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how you kill demons. All right, this is what Colton says. He says they wouldn't let him have a sword because it was too dangerous. You're talking about spiritual beings who have already died. What? Is he gonna? Well, heaven them? swords are super deadly, dude. They've got a plus three to damage. They're, <laughs> they're spiritual swords that only cut souls. Yeah, Ooh, a soul cutter. Actually, hey, that's I a pretty bet good name for a sword, actually. In yeah. a couple years, Colton will be a really good player at those games. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to see Colton LARPing later on. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his duct tape sword, and he's like, "No, Satan wouldn't have a sword like that. Your eyes are all wrong." Thump, thump, thump. All the other kids are rolling their eyes. Yeah. I want to see Colton, like, five years when he tries to use this, like, heaven thing to, like, you know, hook up with girls. No, I, like, I want to see how that goes. said premarital sex, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I got his permission. I, I saw the future, baby. We're hooking up in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> This ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, in heaven. Pop 
Papa, is this really necessary? Jesus, if we let every snot-nosed kid with a near-death experience write a book about heaven, people are going to start expecting rainbow unicorns as a Zac Efron for everyone and, and Twilight sequels that were never meant to exist. I'd be okay with that. Of course you would, <laughs> Satan. Oh, Satan, don't forget, we have a dry run of our final battle at 5.30. It's in my Blackberry. So the only way to discredit this kid is to make him pick you out of a lineup. That's ridiculous. No one looks like me. We got Jack Black. Jack Black's like 40 pounds overweight and he's 5'6". Filling out the group, we have young Jerry Garcia, Fidel Castro, Post Buffet, Jeff Bridges from The Big Lebowski, and Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Guys, my BMI is like 24. I'm not fat. Sure, and I'm not banging Betty White the second she dies. Boom! How could I be fat? I'm in heaven. I have holes in my hands. Do you know how many calories open wounds burn? Not enough. Hi, I'm Zach Galifianakis. I'm here for the Jesus lineup. Thanks, Zach. Just grab a fat suit and wait in that room. You both suck. Audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. Get a free audiobook or get fat like Jesus. I'm not fat, you dick! Now there are three steps to heaven. Just listen and you will... All right, guys, so we have with us a very special guest, a person who knows way more about all these things that we're talking about than, than we do, so we decided to ask him a few questions. Joining us today is Dr. Brian. He's not only a doctor in pediatric emergency, which is very related here, but also his undergrad was in religious studies. Dr. Brian, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So I'll get things started. I guess my, my main question was, during this child's ordeal, he gets misdiagnosed for his appendicitis several times by several different doctors, or at least the same doctor multiple times than another doctor at one point. Right. How often is appendicitis misdiagnosed as stomach flu or related diseases? More than you might think, actually. A lot of us have uh, made that mistake. Parents are usually not too happy. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> I mean... Isn't it kind of easy? Don't you just like? Isn't there like a ticking time bomb around the stomach area, and like then like a, a kaboom? <laughs> that that the kaboom is usually what we get. Okay. The ticking time bomb is uh, often a quiet tick. So, and and what sort of thing is stomach flu a common assumption instead? Well, yeah. So lots of us get stomach flu, and not very many of us get appendicitis. So. <laughs> We tend to like stomach flus more. Wait, is it popularity? Is that what we're going with here? <laughs> it's always a popularity contest, Chris. <laughs> well, so you keep saying us in a way that is very comforting, I think, that you're taking credit for all doctors' responsibilities. And yeah. the author of this book is actually very careful to never blame the doctors when they uh, make mistakes. And yet, he credits miracles when uh, the antibiotics actually work and the surgery goes really well. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like people should blame doctors when things go wrong? And do you think they should credit Jesus when they go right? Well, usually I see exactly that, really. I get blamed for everything when things are not going perfectly and their kid's in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus or mom or the patient get credit whenever things go right. So much as patient credit. It's really bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's just he's a fighter, you know. Right. Yeah, that's right. A lot of heart. Dr. Brian, is it common for people who undergo surgery to have particularly vivid dreams? I have never heard that. You haven't? Oh, okay. No. Oh. I've heard, like, afterwards people have nightmares about, you know, the whole process, but not during <laughs> surgery itself. Or, or hallucinations under anesthesia, general anesthesia. I definitely have seen people have hallucinations when they wake up. Like, they're still kind of in that half awake, half asleep. And oh, okay. 
Yeah, is that mask a mask, or is it a giant ant coming at their face? They really can't tell the difference. Well, that's why you shouldn't keep the ants right there, I guess, <laughs> after, in the post-surgery room. I always like to check the labels on the jars when I'm in the hospital, just in case one of them says giant ants. <laughs> so, I, I guess, tell, I was... I was assuming that this was a common experience because you are pumped full of drugs and you're sleeping for a while that you would wake up and say you had uh, really vivid dreams. And I'm kind of thrown off that that's not the case. So would you say as a doctor, if you've had this experience and the child wakes up and says he went to heaven, would you be inclined to uh, credit that to the anesthesia first uh, before you've done the thorough investigation or, or to start by assuming that that's true since people rarely hallucinate? I'm not sure exactly what that uh, thorough investigation would involve. A CT scan for God, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, white blood cell count. Well, in the book, the thorough investigation is, uh, I think it's Xeroxed copies of photos of people who he would have seen in heaven that he recognized that he has never seen before in real life and checking if he can... Also comparing like his description of Jesus to paintings of Jesus. Um, I think I would be a little bit skeptical of that. I think I might be inclined to get the CT scan before I'd believe that. <laughs> so, you know, it seems like the, this kid does not go to heaven and then gets his appendix removed, and then goes to heaven. So should we assume then our appendices are, I guess, cock-blocking us and keeping us out of heaven <laughs> consistently? Is that what's going on here? Well, we've always said the appendix has no use. Uh, yeah. So maybe he's identified the true use of the appendix. Yeah, to keep us out of heaven. Well, right. in that case, because I did, like I said, I had my appendix out, and I did not get to go to heaven. Is heaven like a 50-50 thing? Or how often would this have to happen before you, as a scientist, would claim that it's a reliable <laughs> cock-blocking organ? Uh, I would say P is less than 0.05. <laughs> yeah. We need we need a pretty big N, I think, to figure this whole thing out. So it's good, it's good a large sample. I got a quick question. Um, yeah. So, Alex, I think I remember uh, your uh, appendix story. When you got to the hospital, you threw up on the floor and then flew, threw up on the person who cleaned up the vomit on the floor. That is true. That that happened, yeah. Dr. Bryant, who should we throw up on to get the best service? <laughs> the nurse. <laughs> really? Yeah, the nurse will let me know over and over again until I do something to fix your vomiting. <laughs> if you throw up on me, I can walk out of the room and not go back. But if you throw up on the nurse, they have to go back in and see you a lot of times. And so every time they get thrown up on, they're going to let me know. Yeah. So. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment in the story where the child is suffering from appendicitis, and his sister starts vomiting as well, which I assumed was not medication-seeking behavior, but attention-seeking behavior. <laughs> Is that a common, like, jealousy vomit? Is that a common thing you experience? I thought that was sympathy vomit. Potato, yeah. potato. Yeah, the sympathy vomit and the sympathy anything else. You have a kid who breaks their leg and the little sister will come in and say, my arm hurts. You definitely That does happen that. a lot. Yeah. Okay. People get okay. jealous. So, Dr. Brian, I guess, returning just to, you know, medical things. Uh, <laughs> other than, you know, other than the the experience of, of this kid having an out-of-body experience during, you know, a, an a appendicitis surgery... There was this other bit where another small miracle was credited to uh, the author. This kid's dad uh, actually had uh, breast cancer, or at least um, there was a biopsy of of breast tissue on him, and it came up with signs of hyperplasia. And then they actually did the mastectomy and didn't detect any hyperplasia in, I guess, in the breast tissue they removed. They were the doctors claimed to be surprised by this. Um, is this also surprising to you with your background? Sounds like it was an oopsie on the first sample. <laughs> <laughs> is that a medical term? That is a medical term. We use it pretty often. <laughs> Actually, going on that, um, the author said that um, he had a mastectomy, which he said was quote not the manliest surgery. In yes. your professional opinion, what is the manliest surgery? I was surgery? just going to ask that question. <laughs> That's exactly my question. What What are your top three manliest surgeries you can imagine? Not to perform, but to receive. 
a vasectomy. Oh, that's yeah, that's strong. Let's say lobectomy. Ooh, and a below the knee amputation. Ooh, yeah, that's that's like a pirate. That's pretty good. I feel like all of those I could go and you know keep my Y chromosome. Yeah, yeah. Is there like a like a a wangectomy or something like that, or like a? That sounds like an unmanly thing to do in the long run. You have to. Well, I mean, you have to be a man to, in order to be able to give up some some wang. You'd be like, yeah, I got wang to spare. Give me a wang after me. I still got lots of wang after that. What about a wangoplasty? <laughs> yeah, where you just get additional wangs added. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so let me ask you about uh, another medical question. Then uh, back to the original story. When somebody is very, very sick, like their appendix has burst and days have passed, how long are you able to uh, continue to function once your appendix is burst? So you actually have a nice little window period where you feel really good for like the first 12 or 24 hours after your appendix bursts open. Yeah. Um, it makes you feel actually really much better because you don't have any pressure in your gut anymore. So, Yay. And how long after that, he- like the healthy window, does it usually take to, uh, to kill you? Um, it varies, probably a week or two to actually oh, really? die. But to get really sick would be less than that. And what is it actually, when it's bursting, is it, is it actually, is it an infection or is it sending out another kind of poison that it had in it like that doesn't play well with your soft bits? So it's basically putting poop into your belly. Um, uh, and your body uh. does not like poop in your belly outside of the gut. It likes poop to stay in the poop place. It does like poop to stay in the poop place. <laughs> That's um, usually how we describe was, it to families. That was the third week of medical school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you, do you have any last words of wisdom for us about as we continue to uh, analyze and, and, and delve into this work? Uh, when your gut hurts, see a doctor, not God. And uh, and when the when it gets worse, go to a bigger hospital. Yes. And if you want to be a man, get a wangoplasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor Brian. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Doctor Brian. Thanks, Doctor Brian. All right. Thanks. Little trip to heaven on the wings of your love. Banana moon is shining in the sky. I feel like I'm so just the last thing we have to do, you guys, it's time for the uh, minor compliment, the second half of the compliment sandwich. So uh, this time we go in reverse order of the opening compliment. So I'm going to go first. And uh, I just want to compliment, uh, there's a lot of different Christian religions that he could have been from. And I'm glad that it was a Wesleyan church and not a Catholic church. Uh, because if it was Catholic, there'd be all of these unnamed sperm floating around. <laughs> In heaven, and that would the air would gross. literally be thick with them. Uh, remember, God loves the little sea monkeys. <laughs> gross. Going backwards, Ezra. Since this was from a kid's point of view, I'm pretty sure Todd Burpo did some editing. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to see all the things that Colton mentioned, but you know, Todd didn't think it was actually in there. So I, I, an infinite uh, super soaker, I think, was probably in heaven. Uh, possibly like a, a really, really huge Nerf gun uh, and a big rock. I bet. Since he's a kid. And some Skittles. So uh, when I get to heaven, uh, I want all these things to be right there. Um, and I'll just sit in Jesus' lap, and play with them, and feel awkward. Is this your heaven rider? <laughs> heaven rider? <laughs> when I die, I request all of these things to be waiting for me in heaven. Otherwise, I will not play my set. No, you <laughs> Exactly. I want the Skittles to be separated out by color. <laughs> and flavor. Which means they have to lick each Skittle in order to know the flavor. No tropical flavors. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, Chris, minor compliment. Uh, my compliment is the Masculine Parenting Award, and that goes to Todd Burpo for making his boy's son overcome his fear of scary, scary spiders. Mm. 
at one point when Colton is feeling better because the pressure in his gut has been released by his burst appendix. Ew. Putting poop in the not poop place. Yeah, they go to the Crawliseum, which is, get it, a place for crawling things. Anyway, there's a guy who will give children stickers if they are able to hold a tarantula. And his sister does it, and he's really scared, so he doesn't do it. And he still doesn't want to do it two hours later when their par- when both of his parents go, you know, don't you want to do that? And then Todd just goes, no, my boy's son is going to be learn how to be a man. He's going to have to do things that he doesn't want to do. And, like sell uh, garage door openers. <laughs> exactly. And so he holds that spider, and he gets a sticker. And then, out of fear, his appendix starts ruining the rest of his body. <laughs> that's I'm what pretty it sure is. that's that was, how it works. That that's the, how tarantulas work. That's why his white blood cell count wasn't right for appendicitis, is because the tarantula fear had yeah. severely screwed up his internal thing. Uh, all right. Uh, that leaves it to you, Bill. All right. Well, uh, a tip Last of the cap to Todd Burpo, because at the end of the day... The key to life is keeping the women in your life happy. <laughs> so, mom is relieved because she knows his mom's relieved because she knows Pop is okay mm-hmm. and in heaven and has accepted Jesus. Uh, his wife Sonia is happy because she knows that her undor- unborn daughter um, is is thriving in the afterlife and has her color hair, which was very important to her. Seriously, <laughs> how petty are these people? Seriously, <laughs> seriously. So we all know, ain't no one happy, less mom is happy. And Todd Burpo has managed to appease both his wife and mother and allow them uh, much sleep at night by by, by telling Colton's story. I take it back. I thought this was all just an advertisement for his garage doors. This whole thing was just to make sure his mom and his wife could never get mad at him for anything. Right. (laughs) Remember that book I wrote about how great Pop was? Yeah, this guy is like at least one, you know, get out of a fair free card and his wife. Yeah, and don't knock Pop. He was my favorite character in the book. <laughs> yeah, I, I, tell me one thing you remember about Pop. Uh, he wore glasses. <laughs> Ex-linebacker. Take multiple people to knock him down. This yes. was football in the days before the forward pass. Oh, right. I, <laughs> yeah, that's correct. It was all running game and punching. <laughs> all punching game and a lot of well no i mean there was a lot of dirty shit that happened in football games back no. before they were strictly regulated that's not from the book that's just yeah your <laughs> yeah just google search rutabaga there you go really oh yeah i'm just biting under the pile we Google searching rutabaga that's what's known as the move where if you want the person at the bottom of the pile to let go of the ball you fist them in the ass <laughs> Why would you have to fist them though? Couldn't like like a, a finger be enough? <laughs> or like a karate chop? No, in the these ass? are linebackers, dude. Before the forward pass, they were strong. <laughs> One finger would just they'd be like, "Oh, that's surprising." Yeah. They would clench off a finger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never see it again. Worst phrase I've ever heard in the English language. <laughs> clench off a finger. <laughs> clench off. <laughs> oh, please don't hear that. <laughs> Join us again next week. That is it for our show. Join us again next week for Catwoman, the 2004 movie with Halle Berry. Checking off yet another film off Wikipedia's list of films commonly considered to be the worst of all time. We are going to finish this list. I almost guarantee it. So uh, check out that piece of crap and then uh, listen to us talk about it. And if you have any feedback for us, as always, uh, probably the best place for feedback right now is the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash readandweep. And uh, 
go ahead while you're there and tell us what you think about this. Your, your most vivid surgery dream, if you have one. Tell yeah. us uh, whether or not you think this uh, book successfully proved heaven. Tell us other old-timey football uh, quirks. <laughs> what no, would you don't. do at the bottom of the pile? <laughs> and, the, and a vegetable to name them after. Yeah, what would you do for the football? <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, go to facebook.com slash readandweep because we're going to post pictures of Jesus and Kenny Loggins, and you will know once and for all he's yeah. right there. We're going to play a little game of same or different. Yes. Anyway, thanks for being here as always, Chris Nez. Yep. Yep. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. It was my pleasure. Bill, uh, we, li- we allow uh, our, our celebrity guests now to use this to pimp something if they have like a web project they want to talk about or if they we're don't. We're so fucking generous. Because we're, we're very yeah. cool. Uh, this is the closest thing I have to a web project right now. Well, fine. Uh, so then what is something that someone else has done that you endorse? What is something people should look up? Here, here's, my, here's my pep talk for those of you listening. Uh, get out. Go buy tickets to a comedy club. Go stand there. Uh, find a good act. Don't just listen to anybody. And go sit there and watch comedy and laugh once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Live comedy. How's that? That's a good pimp. I like that. Yeah. That's great. Especially if it's a club that I'm going to be playing in. Even better. Like, for example, if you lived in Tucson this coming weekend. I did not intend to serve that up for you. To no, but thank you. Yeah. I'm going to be in Tucson at, la- at last Tucson this, this coming weekend. So if you're in there, come say, get tickets. Check out live comedy and uh, say hi to me. All right. That's it for our show. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Hey, Satan. Is this communion wafer taste high in cholesterol? I had to take mine to go. No room after that shot of extra chunky blood. <laughs> I'm standing right here. Something